Welcome back to Talking Troy. I'm your host, Anthony Grieve, Deputy Sports Editor at Daily Trojan. We have a very, very special guest from the University of Arizona, staff writer, sports writer, and opinion writer, Sean Fagan. Sean, how's it going? Doing well. Thank you, Anthony. Happy to be here with all of you to talk some basketball. I'm excited. Yeah, same here. Very excited, obviously. Taylor and David, sports editors at Daily Trojan here. Taylor and David, how are you guys doing? I'm also incredibly excited to be here and to talk about ranked Trojan basketball, guys. Ranked top 20. Let's go. Um, I'm feeling a little carbo-loaded. I definitely overate throughout the day today, but um, I'm excited to talk about basketball and distract myself from my stomach pain. Well, well, that's great. Uh, that's very great to hear, David. I hope everything works out. But we've got to talk about, like Taylor said, some ranked basketball. When was the last time we talked about this? Well, last week. But before that, when was the last time we talked about ranked basketball? 2017. I don't even know if Talking Troy was around back then. But yes, ranked basketball. And this Saturday, we're actually recording Friday, February 19th. They'll be playing Arizona at Galen Center. Now, USC took care of Arizona on the road earlier in the season. They won by... Uh, 14 points, 87 to 73. It was a pretty great game from Isaiah White and went 22 points. But there's still another game, and this time is obviously a different time. So, Sean, what are some things to look out for in Arizona? Obviously, it's been a tough season compared to the last year and the seasons before where they've been ranked and competing in the Pac-12. But what's been different this year? So, what's been different this year, obviously, I would, I mean, it's probably, you know, like an answer everyone goes to but the pandemic has really changed a lot with the players and how there's no crowds anywhere and many people they're used to seeing them play can't see them second thing obviously uh the self-imposed ban there was a lot of nonsense going around 2017 with arizona with cheating and you know like bribing of players potentially so they said for this year they would remove themselves from the tournament so obviously as a player when you commit to a university and you're promised an opportunity at March Madness and then to have it taken away from you for actions that other people took years ago would be really frustrating as well. So I know that's been down. And then third was just the early season play of how badly they were on the court. And obviously there's not a lot of chemistry with the team and head coach Sean Miller. And with a few defeating losses a few weeks ago when it came to Stanford and then Colorado, Utah, it just has really moved the Pac-12 title out of reach for the Wildcats. And I just feel that after those crushing defeats for them, the season was just done. Most of them have just given up. And I feel that Sean Miller, their head coach, has lost the locker room. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, definitely there were some times in the season. I know they lost, I think it was four out of five games at one point. And it's been a rough up and down battle. But, you know, obviously there's still some great players on Arizona. They've got some great guards. I remember against the uh, USC when they played on the road. I'm, I hope I'm pronouncing this name right. But forward, uh, Azulis Tubelis. If I'm not pronouncing it right, you can tell me, That's Sean. Fine. He Azul, had Azul, points. Azulis Tubelis. You, you almost got it. It's oh, pretty good. Still good. I was close. Yeah, you were. I was close. But yeah, he had 31 points, which is pretty insane for a forward against a team that's the tallest in the nation. But what are some things to look out for in terms of Arizona and their play style and you know how they are? Obviously, they played UCLA last night and didn't work out for them but you know who are some players that really stand out and, and someone that the children should pay attention to yeah definitely so obviously uh the heart and soul of our team is a uh, point guard james akinjo he's really quick he likes to shoot the three and 
the only thing about that, though, is that if you stop James Akinjo, you practically stop Arizona because he's the main distributor. He's the primary ball handler. He's the one leading the breaks up the court. So he is anything and everything. And if he is shut down, then there's nothing really the team can do. The other guy you just actually mentioned, um, Azulis Tabellis. So one of the things about him is that him and Akinjo work really well together. They're really good one-two knockout duo where Akinjo likes to drive the lane and he'll draw the defense to him and it'll open up Tabellis for either a layup or sometimes a dunk. Also, Azulis likes to play the three-point line a lot. He actually has a pretty good uh, little lefty jumper from the sides of the corner. So if you leave him open at the corner, there's a pretty good chance he'll knock it down. And then probably our best player and most NBA ready is definitely a Benedict Mathurin. He's only a freshman, but like when he gets hot, he gets hot. He has that smooth, silky jumper. He just looks like he's ready to go to the NBA. He can, from either from the three-point line, he can lay it up. He can, you know, shoot it from the elbow. So he's really anywhere and everywhere if he can get going. And then last is actually one of our younger guards, uh, Kirk Kreisa. He actually hasn't played much because he was over in um, Europe and he hadn't really gotten eligibility yet. But now that he has, he's basically the future of the team, either as the starting shooting guard next year or potentially the point guard. He's not shy at shooting. He likes the three a lot. He's a really good distributor as well. Not really the best in the paint, but he's more from the outside. So if you sleep on him, he can drain some threes pretty quickly. Awesome, yeah. I mean, I remember when I watching that game, I remember Tabulis was just lighting them up easily. But yeah, like you said, James Akinju is really the heart and soul of the Wildcats. I wanted to ask you about one person in particular, Jamari Baker. When I was looking at the stats, I mean, he was averaging what, 12 points per game, but he's only played 12 games. So what's going on with him and, and can he have an impact? I'm not sure sure if he's injured or what's going on there so how how can he play a role in this game so yeah i was actually uh, just uh, about to get to that he is injured he has been out for a few months now i believe he broke his wrist early on in the season and before he did that he was a very impactful player and that definitely hurt the squad early on but it wasn't uh it wasn't a season killer though that's what really frustrates me looking at the team now is that they were capable of playing without him, and they had an entire roster of really talented players. But with him out, that kind of forced in Christian Coloco, our now starting center, really young center. We'll probably get into that later about what weaknesses Arizona has. But yeah, with him, it's just been totally up and down. And with the with the Mobley brothers, I just it's gonna it's gonna be hometown buffet in the paint for you guys. If I'm gonna be if I'm going to be completely honest, but I'm sure we'll we'll get to that later. But yeah, with uh, with Baker out, it wasn't, as I said before, a season killer, but I just think the team let it get to them. And that's one thing you don't want to do is once doubt starts to creep in your mind, it can just spread like throughout the whole team and just really cause disruption in the locker room. Yeah, makes sense. Taylor, did you have anything you wanted to add? Yeah, we spent some time talking about the Arizona Wildcats uh, lineup, and I want to kind of get into what should we should expect out of USC. I know, Fagan, you just mentioned the Mobley brothers, and they've obviously been the big story of the season, and they will continue to be the big story of the season. Um, however, they're not the only ones on the team, and I think we should give a little shout-out to, like we already said, Isaiah White. Um, he was the one who carried the team in Tucson with 22 points. Um, you know, since then, he has cooled off, and that may be because of the return of Ethan Anderson, um, but don't count out his impact on this offense. Now, speaking of Anderson, um, it's important to remember that that sophomore did not get the chance to compete against Arizona in January due to back issues, but he's back 
and he's had a pretty explosive return, um, as you've seen in UCLA. Uh, you know, he is a little bit inconsistent, um, but I'm depending on him to be pretty big in this matchup. Um, and, you know, the final player shout out for me is Drew Peterson, um, who had 10 assists and eight rebounds against Arizona. So obviously a huge asset on defense. He's a six foot eight guard, which is just obnoxious. And he also is pretty great at handling the ball. So, um, you know, really expect these players outside of the brother pair um, to step up. And, uh, you know, another thing, too, is our defense. Um, You know, we kind of slipped up against ASU this week, allowing more than 70 points for the first time in a while. And uh, our defense has kind of been the thing that made us stand out and has kept us alive in the rankings. And so um, if we have any chance in this game, we're going to have to step that up once again. Yeah, great points. I mean, it's obviously it's about a been a month since that game was played so USC is a completely different team in my opinion I think Arizona obviously has been worse since then but how do you think that this you talked about you know the hometown buffet and the paint and everything obviously USC has a size advantage against practically almost every team but what's that sliver of chance or hope that you think that Arizona can somehow squeeze it and squeak away with the win and a huge upset what do you think is the key to that? I think the the biggest key to Arizona winning this game is if somehow every USC player forgot where the uh, arena was and they just didn't show up to the game. Basically, if USC shows up, it I'm, I'm sorry, but it's over. Like I was saying, Christian Coloco, he is going to get bullied in the paint by the Mobley brothers. He can't guard. He can't shoot. He's a very... A poor free throw shooter as well and again as I talked about our guards are just so undersized compared to USC so even if they are good shooters I don't see how they're going to shoot over guys that are two three four even some five inches taller than them and USC has more to play for as you as you talked about early in the show USC is ranked they're going to the tourney this is the best season USC has probably had in a few years and Arizona knows that season's over. They got nothing left. I know that players try and say that, oh, there's always something to play for and that, you know, we we play for pride. But what I've seen in the last few weeks, there's nothing left on this team. There's no gas left in the tank. I feel that Sean Miller, as the head coach, may be in his final season. And I know everyone always says, like, oh, like, yeah, there's more than the Mobley brothers. But the reason I emphasize it so much is because there's no rim protection with Arizona. And I feel that as long as you dish it to them on the inside, it's going in every time, whether it's a bucket and one or they shoot free throws. And then again, the guards on the outside, I just feel that we're too undersized to take on the a power of a team like USC. Well, Sean, I couldn't have said it better myself. I think we should have you join every week to talk about USC, but that was really great. So that's a good point. I mean, they're really undermanned at this point. I think you you talked about it. It's kind of just at this point, everyone's just waiting for the season to end, kind of. And that's interesting. You mentioned Sean Miller last season. That would be pretty crazy to see. But that, I mean, it, it's really the story of the season. It's been downhill, and I think USC. I agree is really going to take care of business. But Sean, I mean, thank you so much for joining us. This was really great. Uh, you had some really interesting insight that I honestly didn't think about. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to kind of talk about in terms of the game? Um, well, first off, I just want to say uh, thank you very much for having me. I've enjoyed being here. Uh, love coming on. And I'm actually from California. So for all those things like, oh, like, why are you like hating on Arizona and loving USC? I mean, I've grown up here my whole life. So USC has just been anything and everything to everybody in this state. But 
I'm just, like I said, happy to be here. Um, always love talking about sports. It's, uh, it's nice. It's refreshing. Um, you've all been great and wonderful hosts. And I mean, just enjoy being on. And shout out to my boys back in Arizona. Awesome. Well, thank you, Sean. Uh, where should we follow you on the social medias? You know, we'll give you a shout out, some free clout. Oh, man. Some, see, that's, that's looking out for your boy in Cali, some hard respect. Yeah, so if you want, um, you can follow me on Twitter, at SeanSoCal, and uh, Instagram, Sean underscore SoCal. As I said, got to represent California, best place in the union. No place better than this, man. I second that. Thank you, Sean, for joining us. Thank you for having me. All right, so we've got some quick updates now. Obviously, USC doesn't just have men's basketball. We've got some other crazy sports going on right now. David, first, you want to start us off with some women's basketball updates? Yeah, so it's been um, unfortunate going for the women's basketball team since we last uh, checked in. I think when we were recording the last episode, they were like up double digits and in the midst of trying to close out a game against Colorado. They ended up losing that one. They picked up a win against Utah a few days later, but they just... Suffered like a double digit, like 20 point loss to Oregon State. Really, really bad loss. Um, they kind of needed this one. I think right now they're sitting at 10 and 9 on the season, 8 and 8 in Pac 12 play. And they kind of wanted this one. I think they're at 55th in the net ranking as of like February 16th. So they're right on the edge of the bubble there. Their next two games are against number 13 Oregon and like number 8 UCLA or something, something along those lines. So it, it was it's really, really important that they won this game. They didn't. Um, I think their their best chance at, at making the tournament, if assuming they lose these next two games, is would be a Pac twelve tournament run. Um, how how deep they can make it in the tournament, I don't know. That de- that really depends. They if they can avoid um, one of the top four teams in the conference in the first round of the tournament, I think that go do wonders for them because the top four teams in the Pac twelve right now are all ranked within the top fifteen of the country. And if they get one of those in the first round, I mean, even if you do pull out an ups- upset, it's going to take everything from the team and to have to play a few days later. It's going to be tough. So, yeah, you want to get that higher seed, get the easier first round matchup and hopefully make a run. Um, I think the most important thing for this team in terms of going down the stretch is getting that production from the, the third score. Um, Rogers is playing well like she has all season. Peely's starting to hit her stride. I think she was three for five from three today. Um, she can get up to that around 16 points per game like she was last season. And someone like Jordan Sanders can get going. I think she was leading the Pac-12 in three-point shooting for a good amount of the season. She's shooting like 45% from three. If her and like Allison Mira can start chipping in like around 10 points a game, that'd be absolutely massive. And I think it can go a long way when you're trying to take down those top top dogs. Yeah, obviously a huge, tough two-game stretch. We talked about it last week, the loaded Pac-12 and I think a Pac-12 run in the tournament is really their best bet. But, yeah, big loss to Oregon State. I think that was a winnable game that they blew. But we'll have to see what happens against Oregon and UCLA, who you mentioned as top 15 ranked in the country. Uh, now, Taylor, what about you? What sports do I got? Yo, but I got some other great sports. Um, women's golf just won in Scottsdale, making them 2-0 on the season. 
and quite honestly, one of the best teams in the nation. Uh, women's volleyball is masked up and in Berkeley, competing against Cal in a potential losing streak snap series. Um, so far, they've re- they've kind of reached a dip in their their season. Um, haven't been performing as well as they should have. Uh, but hopefully this Bay Area trip will fix that. Um, baseball is actually starting today um, as this podcast records. And so this weekend is their first series, and it's against LMU. Um, and so they're playing today, uh, tomorrow, and then on Sunday. And lastly, both the men's and women's tennis teams are back in action. Um, the men's team, number eight in the rankings, is looking to beat OSU. Um, and this might be their chance to break away from the three-loss streak that they're currently on. Um, and then the women's team uh, recently had success against Hawaii, going 6-1 and one in their matches, and are on, a way, on their way to San Diego for a match against SD. Awesome. And I'll, I'll take the rest here now. But one thing that we honestly didn't talk about is Andy Enfield has announced today that he's named uh, to the Naismith Coach of the Year late season watch list. Pretty crazy. I don't think he's ever won. <laughs> but, I mean, if someone told me that that was going to happen before the season, I'd be very, very scared. But that is what has happened. And I honestly do think he deserves to be in contention based on you know, the season, obviously, and the new players and, and, and the record. It's pretty impressive. But some other updates from different sports. Men's volleyball just recently started their season. They lost to UCLA, 3-1, but they'll be looking to get back next. And obviously, track and field is in competition as we're recording. Last week, they finished first in multiple competitions. A pretty impressive start. And obviously, women's soccer had a huge win in overtime against BYU, 4-3. to It was a really exciting match. You should definitely check them out. Men's water polo, they've had a really up-and-down season, 3-5 and five on, for the record. But they beat Pepperdine last Sunday, 13-7. And on the other end, women's water polo, who I think is ranked number one in the country, beat UC Irvine 12-7 last week. And then also, uh, we have, I think they play next week in the 2021 Barbara Calbis Invitational at Arizona State. And also the number 13 women's lacrosse starts um, February 23rd. And men, I think men's lacrosse, oh no, that's women's, yeah. We don't have a men's lacrosse team. Taylor mentioned it, so I had no idea. Thank you, Taylor. But, but those are the updates that we have. And yeah, that's it. So we'll see what happens next week with all these teams, obviously. Women's lacrosse starting is going to be very interesting to see how they turn out, number 13 ranked. But that's all I got. Taylor, David, anything else you want to talk about? Um, Check out the women's soccer team. They're They're really good. And they're really fun to watch. And there's a lot of goals. And even if you're not a soccer person, that's exciting soccer right there. So I'd recommend checking them out. And you know what? Y'all got a hometown buffet in the paint to look forward to on Saturday, according to Sean. I think that should be the greatest takeaway from this podcast recording. Most definitely. Yeah, shout out to Sean. Definitely follow him. He's a great guy. Had a lot of cool insight. But that's all we have this week. Thank you all for joining us. Everyone, please wish David good luck on his carb overload. He was telling us about everything he ate, and I was very worried for his well-being. David, what do you have to say for yourself? Tums, Tums, if you're listening, um, I'll be one of the, the most, I don't even know, I'll be such a good endorser. I, this is a, a terrible endorsement for myself. Um, I'm not my. I'm not putting my words together well, but please, Tums, send something my way. Yeah, please. <laughs> but thank you, David, for that. Thank you, Taylor, and David, for joining me, and thank you for all the listeners. Please make sure to check us out on DT underscore Sports on Twitter, and make sure to follow us on our social medias. And that's it. Thank you for joining us.